First, a word from our sponsors. Like so many other industries, the pandemic has annihilated the film world, shutting down big-budget films, closing movie theaters, and causing streaming to take off higher than ever. To defy global lockdowns, the top minds in show business did what they do best, get creative. Movie producer Jason Blum, CEO of Blumhouse Productions, predicts the short-term theatrical release of his recent horror flick Freaky could forecast movies' new normal. And through his latest documentary, Fireball, Visitors from Darker Woods, legendary film director Werner Herzog offers a look at the future of sci-fi filmmaking. While we have yet to find out how the film industry will fare after the coronavirus, leading filmmakers in the business are certain going to the movies will never be the same. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how COVID-19 is changing how movies get made, adding extra cost and complications. In an interview with Inverse, Jason Blum, CEO of Blumhouse Productions, explains how the pandemic could profoundly change movies and the way we watch them forever. Our second story is about how director Werner Herzog's new documentary, Fireball, Visitors from Darker Worlds, uses sci-fi filmmaking to explore what meteorites reveal about the universe. In a conversation with Inverse, Herzog discusses how asteroids have shaped human history, as well as the mysteries we have yet to solve. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. First, as the director of Blumhouse Productions, Jason Blum has spearheaded a new wave of horror movies, including Get Out and Halloween Kills. And if we ever return to movie theaters, he's got plenty more scares in store. How we watch them, however, may be a different matter altogether. Up now, how coronavirus is changing movies now and in the future. I think the future of theatrically released movies will be they'll play in theaters for a much shorter time. There'll be many more of them. And then they'll go, there'll be a two or three month premium rental window where you're paying, you know, 20 bucks for the movie. And then it'll transition to pay TV and the traditional rental window, which is, you know, four or five bucks. But that's what I think is going to happen. The future of movies, according to film producer Jason Blum, perhaps the scariest CEO in Hollywood, but better known as the founder of Blumhouse Productions. He's also known for spearheading a new wave of horror movies, ranging from Jordan Peele's Get Out to 2018's Halloween reboot. These days, the world is scary enough on its own thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, and it's provided filmmakers with brand new challenges, as they've had to rethink entirely how they get films to us. Case in point, in December 2020, Warner Brothers announced it will release every single movie in 2021 simultaneously on HBO Max. Jason Blum talked to Inverse about how he thinks the coronavirus will change the movie industry, as well as his latest film, Freaky, which had a theatrical release as opposed to going straight to digital, something he says we may soon get used to. Universal made this deal with AMC. It was like the first of its kind to do a shorter window and then go to premium VOD. And this is going to be, you know, one of the one of the first movies through that new arrangement. But I think when this is over, I think everyone's going to follow in that deal that Universal has. What else will follow thereafter as the film industry undergoes one of the biggest changes of its existence? Senior entertainment editor Jake Kleinman 
has more on this as well as more on his interview with Jason Blum and what it might hint at about the future of moviegoing. Hey, Jake. Hey, Tanya. How are you? Good. So for the past few years, the way movies are released have certainly changed. The windows have gotten smaller. The streaming world has definitely changed things. And here we are with a pandemic, which has already begun to change how we consume movies. How would you assess how COVID-19 has impacted film viewing already? So, I mean, that's a, such a good question. There's so many different uh, ways it's changed it from movies going straight to streaming, like we saw with Mulan on Disney+, Plus, to all the movies that have been delayed. And now we're just, wait, you know, we haven't had a new Marvel movie in over a year. But I think the biggest long-term change will be, like you said, the gap between when a movie is in theaters and when you can watch it at home. I spoke with Jason Blum recently. He's the uh, CEO of Blumhouse, which is like a huge horror studio. And he talked about this new deal they had with Universal that allows them to jump straight from theaters to digital in three weeks. Do you get a sense this is something that's going to stick post-pandemic? Will we get comfortable and will this be the new normal? You know, we always hear that phrase. But is there thinking that this is basically the new normal when it comes to the filmmaking business? That's a tough to say. I think Jason Blum seems very excited about it. When I talk to him, he thinks this is a universal deal with, I, I believe, AMC. And he thinks that's the future of movies. I don't know if maybe Disney agrees with that. Obviously, they make a ton of money from having their movies in theaters for many, many months. Avengers made, what, over a billion dollars in theaters. They're probably not going to rush that to Disney Plus a week after it comes out. Uh, I did pull up the stats from Freaky's theatrical release, and it was it did okay. Uh, it was the biggest movie released the weekend it came out, but only made $3.7 million on a budget of $6 million. So not great. And obviously, if we were living in normal times and theaters were open everywhere, it probably would have made a lot more as a big, scary horror movie with Vince Vaughn. So for movies like Blumhouse, where it's a small budget and they probably make most of their money on streaming anyway, I think this probably is the future. I don't see Disney or Warner going down this path unless they're really forced to. Right. And it's just been such an odd time. The entire year of 2020 has been this weird vortex of time. It's so unclear when things will change. But as far as filmmaking goes, things will eventually get back to normal. They, they have to. I mean, whether it's a year from now, whether it's uh, longer than that or even you know sooner than that. What's your sense of how things will shake down? I mean, we're all we're all waiting for a vaccine, right? That's really what what everyone's waiting for, and I think Hollywood, just as much as the rest of us, uh, wants to go back to normal for the time being. Uh, it costs a lot more. I think different people have said different things, but it's anywhere from ten million extra for a season of TV to your budget goes up by ten percent for a movie. So if you're making a ten million dollar movie, that's an extra what ten. There's an extra million dollars just for PPE. Uh, and then actors have also talked about how it just sort of takes the joy out of filmmaking. Paul Bettany, who plays Vision and Marvel, recently said in an interview that, uh, yeah, there's no, like, the fun of making a movie or a show is kind of gone because you're not, like, hanging out with the cast. You're wearing a mask, you're social distanced until the moment you're on set and filming. So obviously it's not ideal, and I think everyone's probably just waiting for these restrictions to go away so they can go back to what's normal. There'll probably be some degree of social distancing even after the vaccine comes out, which I think we're all probably going to have to deal with, you know, when we go back to uh, normal life. But I think for the most part, hopefully these things are temporary. I have to ask, you spoke to Jason Blum about 
a bunch of upcoming films and different projects. Anything uh, before we wrap this, anything that excited you the most and by extension might excite some fans of um, his particular wheelhouse? Well, yeah, he's got so many movies. Blumhouse is really so prolific. And I asked about a lot of movies. I think the most exciting for me, though, is Halloween Kills. I loved uh, the Halloween reboot that came out. thought it was incredible. And they just released the trailer for the sequel, which brings in even more actors from the original film. Fortunately, they also just delayed that. So it's not coming out until like a full year from now, which he was really disappointed about. But I think Jason Blum feels really, really strongly that that movie needs to be seen in theaters by large audiences the kind of horror experience that you can't really get in your home or even in a theater that's like 25% capacity. So I understand that. And he told me that there's going to be a lot of, you know, Easter eggs and fun stuff for fans of the franchise. So I'm, I'm really excited for Halloween Kills. Good stuff. Listeners can check out more at inverse.com. Check out the full interview as well. Thanks so much, Jake. Thanks, Tanya. Now, a word from our sponsors. Legendary director Werner Herzog might have the most recognizable voice in the galaxy. In his latest documentary, Fireball, Visitors from Darker Worlds, Herzog is using that voice to give us a unique perspective on meteorites, from how they influenced human history to the mysteries they could one day solve. Up next, Werner Herzog talks asteroids, sci-fi film, and whether or not we should colonize Mars. It wouldn't be surprising at all if we found life somewhere outside of our solar system or even within our solar system because we share the same chemistry with the universe, we share the same physics with the universe, and we share the same history with the universe. So with trillions and trillions and trillions of stars out there, it's highly likely that somewhere there is some forms of life. Probably not as good and interesting like in movies, not creatures out That was legendary filmmaker Werner Herzog speaking about his documentary Fireball Visitors from Darker Worlds, streaming now on Apple TV Plus, a film that explores the scientific and cultural significance of the meteorites that have rained down on our planet for as long as it's existed. Herzog spoke at length to Inverse about everything from meteorites and sci-fi filmmaking to simulation theory and even Elon Musk. As for meteorites, Herzog tells Inverse he's less concerned than ever that one will actually destroy the Earth. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't still be worried about our own extinction. It may be a hundred million years ago. Until then, we have done, within the next thousand years, we may have done such stupid things that we are not around anymore to contemplate it. And as for colonization elsewhere in the galaxy? While SpaceX CEO Elon Musk wants to build a city on Mars, Herzog says the plan is unequivocally a mistake. We should go to Mars as a filmmaker or as a scientist. But Elon Musk, and I disagree with him, Elon Musk is talking about a vision of having millions of uh, humans settled and colonizing Mars. And I think this would be a mistake. We should rather look to make our planet in, or keep it in inhabitable than making a completely uninhabitable Mars into something where we should settle. 
That is just a sampling of a lengthy conversation Inverse's Jake Kleiman had with the legendary director. They spoke about his latest documentary, Fireball, how meteorites influenced human history, and interestingly enough, why he thinks we shouldn't colonize Mars. Jake joins the podcast right now with more. Hey, Jake. Hey, Tanya. So before we get into the film, there are a lot of interesting conversations that came of your chat. Most specifically, Herzog compared Elon Musk's idea to colonize Mars as a biblical plague, among other things. And it seems to have really struck a chord because, I mean, we talk about Elon Musk a lot on the podcast. We talk about Mars colonization, etc. Perhaps because the ideas are so ambitious and grandiose, but It's interesting to get another take from such a prominent figure. For those who don't know, can you talk a little bit about Herzog's overall critique of Elon Musk and the ideas fueling them? Because you got to sit down with the man himself, so I'd love to get your take on it. Absolutely. So before I even say that, just, uh, yeah, interviewing Werner Herzog was like a bucket list moment for me. It was incredible. He's, He's a genius, and it was great. And he's and he's really obviously a really smart guy, and I wasn't expecting such an interesting answer when I asked about this. A few years ago, he had, I think, asked Elon Musk in person, can I go to Mars? And Elon Musk kind of gave like a jokey answer, like, yeah, sure, we'll see. Uh, so I, I asked again, and Herzog confirmed that he wants to go to Mars, but he only wants to go with scientists to film and then to come home. He has a big problem with this idea that Elon Musk proposes that we should, you know, send millions of people to Mars, set up a civilization, you know, eventually maybe abandon the Earth and move past it. And his criticism, which I think makes a lot of sense, is that Herzog said that it'd be easier to build a civilization on the bottom of the ocean than on Mars, where there's no oxygen and the sun and the sun will kill you because the, there's no ozone and all these things. He also compared humanity to uh, a swarm of locusts, the plague you were talking about, and the idea that uh, we shouldn't just be like a swarm of locusts going from planet to planet, destroying it and then moving on. That's not a good way to live. Uh, we should really focus on fixing our own planet. And his final criticism, which I thought was the most poignant, was that this vision that Elon Musk has of, you know, SpaceX Mars City, I think is what it's called, is in a lot of ways a bit of smoke and mirrors maybe to sell cars and other Tesla products. It sort of sets him up as this Tony Stark-esque visionary, which helps his fans buy into the stuff he's selling day to day, even if most of us will never get to see a city on Mars. Yeah, it was a pretty loaded take. I encourage listeners to check it out at inverse.com when they have a moment. Speaking of Elon Musk, another another hot take that he's certainly talked about a bunch is this simulation theory. And we've talked about it on the podcast as well. It's certainly an interesting topic of discussion. I'd love to know how a Herzog digests something like this. Were you able to get a, a sense of, of that? So I asked Herzog about simulation theory, which I think is just, you know, a fun question to ask uh, anyone interesting or smart when I have the chance. It's a fascinating idea. He didn't have much to say about it, aside from the fact that he doesn't believe in it. And he doesn't believe in it because he, I think his description was just sort of that, like, real life feels too real. When you He talked about playing uh, soccer, football, and the, kicking the ball and playing with another person. He just doesn't feel like that can really be simulated in the way that people might think. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with his critique, but, you know, you got to sort of uh, respect his opinion on this kind of thing, too. Right. And again, you got to speak to Werner Herzog about all kinds of things, particularly with regards to different films. I know you guys talked about Star Wars a bit, but in particular, this asteroid documentary, Fireball, speaking of 
striking a chord. It's such a unique approach to this type of genre through filmmaking. Were you able to learn anything interesting about how this film was made and how films about outer space can be made in general? Sure. So, yeah, Herzog's new documentary, Fireball, which is on Apple TV Plus now, is is really amazing. I really loved it. It's the sort of 360-degree perspective on everything about asteroids, from the history and how they were really viewed as a religious event in the Middle Ages, to how we think about them now, to the science and the math of them. And it's also a surprisingly funny movie. Herzog is the narrator, and there's some really great moments. There's one where he takes you to a a sort of dying resort town that was the site of a famous asteroid impact and just sort of drives around and with this funny music and shows that it's sort of like this like weird dying beach town where a famous event happened a thousand years ago, thousands and thousands of years ago. There's also a lot of fun moments in the movie where he cuts to clips from fictional movies about asteroid impacts, including Deep Impact, which he shows a big part of that movie of the asteroid hitting the earth and how it's shown. I asked him about that and he said he loved it, but he actually hasn't watched the whole movie. He just really liked that one clip and he wanted to put it in. And there's a few others of like CGI dinosaurs getting hit by asteroids. So it's a really fun take on asteroids and it covers like everything you could possibly want to know about them. Uh, I recommend it. And also I do recommend Deep Impact, which is a great movie too. Good. Check it out. Listeners can also check out more of Jake's interview at inverse.com where there's a lot more of a very interesting conversation. Thanks as always, Jake. Thanks, Tanya. Head to Inverse.com to read the full interviews with Jason Blom and Werner Herzog. You can find links in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Got something to say? Email us at theabstract at Inverse.com with any questions, suggestions, story ideas, and anything else on your mind. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.